Each morning at this time, I'll offer a few instructions or reminders about the practice. And today I'd like to um, talk about working with difficult states of mind. On my first retreat with Saira Utejaniya, um, I realized after a couple of weeks, actually I was on a six-week, six-and-a-half-week retreat with him, and I realized after a couple of weeks that this style of practice is taking us into, you know, we're checking our attitudes all the time. And often our attitudes include greed, aversion, and delusion. And so we are revealing to ourselves the ways that our minds are struggling with things through this practice. And so um, after a couple of weeks, I, I, was, I was a little bit um, frustrated, a little bit um, um, dismayed <laughs> to see just how much struggling there was going on. And at some point I recognized or realized, oh, this is the way this practice works, actually. You know, the way I had been practicing prior to that was to, you know, hang out with the breath, stay with the primary object, settle the mind down. And, you know, that, the way I see it now is it can kind of do an end run around some of our difficulties and struggles. So this practice really kind of just takes us right through the fire takes us right through our struggles and difficulties. And so they can be uh, more obvious to us in, the, um, in this practice. We might feel like we're doing something wrong. We might feel like there's a problem. But finally, after a little while of this on my first retreat, it's like, oh, this is dukkha. This is dukkha. And, and that this practice actually is revealing dukkha. To us, and when I recognized this, I recognized, oh, this is dukkha. You know, this actually shifted my relationship with the whole thing. It's like that phrase of "this is dukkha" reminded me of the first noble truth. So, um, dukkha is meant to be understood, and that is our practice here. Now, understanding our struggles, understanding our difficulty, not trying to fix them, not trying to change them. And this is a big um, aspect that Saito Utejaniya emphasizes. He, he keeps saying, we're not trying to get rid of our, our difficulties. We're not trying to get rid of our struggling. We're trying to understand it. And this is a statement of the first noble truth, the, the action associated with the first noble truth. The truth of suffering is meant to be understood. So this is wise view. This is... Um, Bringing this perspective, as I saw in, in that story I told, you know, as I saw, um, bringing that perspective of this is dukkha reminded me and helped me to shift my relationship with the whole experience. So it kind of made it easier to just say, okay, this is just meant to be explored. It's not meant to be, a try, not, not, it's not that I'm trying to get rid of this. This is the practice. This is the path. The path unfolds through understanding dukkha. So that is a perspective that we can bring. Saira Utejaniya often speaks about 
um, right view being where we start. And this is one of the perspectives. Now, there's many different ways that we can understand right view and different languaging that we can use to understand right view. And actually, I'll talk more about right view in our practice this this afternoon. Um, And this is one of them. This is suffering. It should be understood. Um, Another kind of perspective that's associated with that is seeing if that we can if we can bring a sense of interest or curiosity to our struggles as opposed to a sense of resistance and a combative um, combative relationship with our struggles it's more that we're um, can we can we be interested in exploring what's happening in our minds and our bodies so if we can incline our minds towards a perspective of interest and curiosity that will help now, we can't necessarily always just say, oh, be interested in this painful anger. <laughs> we, can't, we can't necessarily do that. Um, but we can, you know, recall, you know, it's possible to be interested in this. Can I be interested in this? <laughs> so just exploring that possibility. Another uh, perspective that Saito Utejaniya often emphasizes is the perspective of everything is a process. That's another, another thing you could remind yourself. All of these can be just little gentle wisdom reminders that you're dropping into your meditation. I talked about borrowing wisdom the other day. Um, this, this is kind of a borrowing of wisdom or a using for yourself wisdom that you have known in the past. And you're reminding yourself, oh, okay, causes and conditions. Everything's a process. This is nature. Sayadaw Utejaniya likes to say. For me, that's a really lovely, succinct version of this. This is nature. What's happening right now actually couldn't be any other way. It's come into being. It came into being because of causes and conditions. That plant was watered, and that's what's growing right now. So this, this plant of frustration is growing. That's because of causes and conditions. So to just acknowledge that, for me, that dropping that in, that little wisdom phrase, this is nature, very helpful for uh, allowing the mind to kind of settle and drop a little bit around the experience. So one exploration around these wisdom reflections, these bringing wise view to bear on your difficulties, is, is to recognize, actually be mindful of what happens when you bring that wisdom reflection in. Again, it's not that we're bringing the wisdom reflection in in order to have that settling and dropping. But we are interested in, uh, in seeing what happens as we bring some wisdom into the system. So what happens to you? Is there a little bit of, oh, a little bit of releasing or relaxing? Or is there a little more, oh yeah, they say that, but yeah, they're not now. You know, <laughs> is there some aversion in the mind? <laughs> so just noticing, you know, noticing how it impacts you to drop these into the mind. There's no right or wrong here. This is just what happens in your mind. It can't be any other way than what's happening. And there is a way that, you know, inclining the mind more and more towards wisdom, we, there, is, there is choice. 
there is choice. It's not an I that has a choice, but there are, it, it, choice comes together based on causes and conditions. And having a heard this, that enters into the causes and conditions of your minds. And perhaps you will recall to drop in some of these wisdom reflections during your meditation. See what happens when you when that uh, when that happens. Um, then investigation, investigating difficulty. We talked a little bit about this in the in the Q and A yesterday, and I just like to highlight a few points about this. Um, the first the first thing is just u- using questions. Um, you know, the the first question I like to use with anything that's difficult is just what's obvious here. For me, that's that kind of just points me right directly into what's the key thing that the mind is kind of zooming into. What's obvious here? How does this um, experience impact the body? What's my relationship to this experience? And again, not to try to figure this out, but to drop those questions in. Uh, you know, it, the mind kind of in. Having a question put into experience, the mind naturally kind of orients itself around an exploration related to that. So it's, it's really very organic and not thoughtful. So just dropping these questions in and seeing, again, it's kind of like dropping those wisdom reflections and see what happens when you drop in these questions of investigation. Um, I'd encourage you initially to ask what questions as opposed to why questions. Um, Why questions can take us more into our habit of thinking about. Um, But ultimately, exploring the what of the present moment does begin to uncover the causes and conditions that are at play. So the why of things happening can be revealed as we explore what is happening. So what's, what's our relationship to the experience? Uh, what is the relationship between emotions, thoughts, and body in this experience? Uh, Len, in the question and answer, mentioned yesterday something that Sayadaw talked about exploring something in his own experience. And I'll point you to that it's a good description of this kind of exploration of relationship between emotions, thoughts, and um, body, and the causes and conditions, how this being with what happens begins to reveal the causes, begins to reveal, essentially, the why of what's happening. There is a why of our experience right in the present moment. It's Whatever's arising in the present moment has a cause in the present moment. There are conditions that have come from the past, um, but the actual experience arising right now has conditions arising right now. And so looking clearly at what is happening right now is everything we need to know. We don't have to go back and and think in the past about what happened. Um, So I'd point you to this. It's on page 61 in Dhamma Everywhere, uh, this description of Sayadaw's experience. I won't describe it now because um, I'm a little... uh, I don't want to talk too long this morning. Um... So, but but you can just just wanting to in, in emphasize this, looking at here and now begins to uncover 
the causes that are happening now. So we can really see, oh, this, this anger that's arising is arising directly because there's a thought in the mind. That thought is conditioned based on history. But So this thought is arising, and the anger that's arising right now is a response to that, that thought. It's not really a response to something that happened two weeks ago, which that thought is about, perhaps. You know, the thought arises in the present moment, a memory of something that happened two weeks ago, and anger arises in response to that thought, based on the content of that thought. Perhaps two weeks ago you got angry too. Um, but that anger is not arising based on what happened two weeks ago. It's arising based on what's happening in your mind right now. And that's really, that's a, that's a kind of wisdom that we begin to, to deeply see and understand. And as we trust that, um, we get much more interested in observing and what's happening right now and how is it contributing to my suffering right now. So that's, that's a kind of investigation. Um, then sometimes with difficult states, you know, we, we can kind of get stuck to them. It's like, um, you know, this thing that, that comes up, it's like the, whole, the mind just like zeroes in and latches onto it. It's like, yeah, that's, it, it's like it takes up our whole world. Some kind of uh, difficult state of mind just comes in and it's like our, we're just, our head is submerged in that difficult state and we can't see anything else. Um, possible to investigate within there within that place, you know, noticing that you're just submerged. And if you're feeling like that submersion is getting into feeling sucked into the black hole, maybe time to, to step, step back. We talked a little bit about that yesterday, that, you know, the stepping back um, is not necessary. But when we are getting sucked in and finding ourselves lost in the terrain of difficulty, not so helpful to, to try to be mindful of that in that situation. There are some other ways to bring some balance. I mentioned one yesterday, just the turning to something else neutral in your experience. But another perspective that we can bring is just to remind ourselves, and this is again bringing in some wisdom perspective, remind ourselves, this is not the only thing that's happening in the present moment. There are thousands of things happening in the present moment that the mind is kind of um, not paying attention to because it is so latched on to that one thing. So we can remind ourselves there's many things happening right now. What else is happening right now? Not to push away or avoid having that situation, that that experience be known, but to recognize, okay, yep, there's that anger and there's seeing happening and there's that body sensation happening and oh, there's the anger and then there's the feeling of the sun on my skin, and oh, there's the anger again, and then there's the sense of hearing. So to just kind of widen the container, allow your attention to take in all six sense bases um, as a kind of a corrective for that, the mind kind of assuming or feeling or latching onto, this is the only thing that's happening right now, This this is what the mind, it's kind of a, uh, an assumption of importance that the mind gives to that thing. It's like, that's the only thing that's important to pay attention to. Nothing else is important. At times there is a truth to that, and at times it is an overreactive mind that has that, that view. Um,
Then another simple practice that I, um, I play with, especially when there's something that's persistent, kind of a, an ongoing difficult state that's maybe not the, the flare-up of something that's happening, but you know something that just kind of keeps creeping in, maybe something like depression or loneliness or frustration, something that's recurrent, um, but not always present perhaps. Um, really, really helpful to notice when those kind of recurrent states are not present. So notice when they're absent. So taking in the fact that, oh yeah, that, that loneliness that feels so pervasive is not here right now. And then when it is present, recognizing whether that uh, the mindfulness can be balanced around it, so is there wise attitude around it, or are we caught? And sometimes I just simply, rather than trying to know, oh, what is my attitude around this, I just know caught. I'm caught by this state. Or I'm not caught by this state. And there's a, a, a different feeling in the mind when we're caught by something and when we're not caught by something. There, we can know that. So just just acknowledging, oh, present, absent, when it's present, am I caught or am I not caught? Sometimes with difficult states, there's a, a kind of a, a sense that there's a lot of layers to them, many different components coming into it, um, different threads. You may get a sense of the different threads of it through the different thoughts that go through your mind. Like, oh, they shouldn't have done that, and wow, that really hurt, and gosh, that I'm afraid that, you know, that that's just gonna really be a problem. So, you know, there may be different different threads or different layers of something in in a in a difficult state, maybe fear, anger, um, frustration, wanting can all be tied up in a big bundle. Um the the best advice I have when it feels like that, it's kind of like just, it's like you just hold the whole thing really gently from the outside. Just hold the whole mess and just notice what's obvious. Don't try to figure out all the pieces. Don't try to pick it apart. Don't try to, you know, unwind it yourself using analysis. Just be with what's obvious. You'll learn something about it by being with what's obvious and it's the least um, struggling way to be with something. Just notice, okay, what's obvious? Oh, right now I feel really frustrated. Okay, frustration, that's what's happening. And maybe two minutes later it's shifted to angry. Okay, angry is happening right now. And then a little bit later it's like, oh no, I'm really afraid. Okay, fear is happening right now. Just what is obvious about this whole mess? And not trying to hold it into place to, to necessarily you know, analyze it or dig into it. Just just be with it. It's like this right now. Sometimes when there's that sense of layering, we can have a sense of there being something in the middle. It's like, yep, the whole crux of this is related to that relationship from, you know, when I was a child. That way that teacher treated me when I was a child. And this whole pattern is unfolding based on that history, that conditioning. We may have a sense of that. We may have a sense of that. 
It's not general. And, and sometimes having that sense, um, we have the idea that the thing that we need to do is go into the middle and figure that part out so that the whole thing can fall apart. That, we get that idea. It's like, well, that's, that's the thing in the middle that's holding it all together. So that's what I need to figure out. So we try to jump over everything and move into that space of, well, what does it feel like when I think about that teacher? And how is this related to that experience? And are there similar feelings? That's not so helpful. Um, That idea that there's something in the middle that needs unwinding or exorcising, it's really, it's, it's, it's an assumption, it's a belief. Now there may be some sense that you have of that. Um, but it's really helpful in having that sense of, you know, okay, well that's what's inside. Hold that really lightly. Don't, um, we, we can make it come true. <laughs> If we if we believe it, it kind of can be a kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. So uh, that this kind of outer investigation, you know, looking at what's obvious, what's obvious, what's obvious. At some point, there may be in the moment reveal a uh, revealed a thought that kind of connects this whole uh, experience now to something from the past. But then you'll be seeing it as something arising now. And that will unravel things in a a kind of a more intuitive, deeper way than trying to jump over all of the uh, all of the layers to get at what's in the middle. So, a simpler example, perhaps, you know, if you're feeling um, um, fear about something and you know that underneath there's this old pattern of holding on and resentment but there's a fear around that you know fear of what will happen if you acknowledge that resentment you may have a sense of I need to go in and be with that resentment figure that resentment out and kind of try to have a sense of jumping over the fear to be with the resentment that's not so helpful the fear is what's happening respect the fear Respect what's on the outside. Respect the layers. Allow yourself to meet them gently and allow them to unwind gently in the field of mindfulness. So we can think of our practice kind of as a data gathering. The mindfulness gathers data. That's the job of mindfulness, to see what's happening right here, what's obvious, what's happening. And the, the, we don't have to figure it out. The, the data, our minds will understand things as the data is gathered. We are natural pattern makers, we are natural understanders in a way. So as the mind sees this thought arising, this clenching around that thought, this reaction to that thought, nobody has to tell us that that reaction 
was conditioned by that arising thought. It's just clear. We don't have to think about it. So this data gathering, this gentle being with, noticing what's obvious, patience around it, you know, the, the, the wisdom, the understanding will arise as the data fills out the picture.